Some this morning is kind of rough coming in and trying to get everybody going, amen. So uh, we got to come in here sometime fired up, amen. We need your feedback, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Aiden. I'm telling you, he's under the weather a little bit. But we're going to go on. The word is not under the weather, amen. And we're getting ready for the word this morning. I ask all of you to stand. We're getting ready to bring our pastor before you. Everybody know who he is. Everybody know what you're in for. Amen. So we just told it, ask the Lord to use him. Amen. And give us our daily bread. So right now, Pastor Jerry C. Rock. Remind me of my old basketball days. <laughs> About to rip off my sweats. <laughs> All right, let us pray. Father God, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you for your many blessings. Lord, I know that uh, Thanksgiving just passed the official day in America, so to speak, but each day is a day of Thanksgiving. Lord, we just, uh, just reminisce throughout the uh, year how you blessed us over and over and over again. And you are worthy of all praise. Right now, Lord, we ask that you continue to be in the midst of your people and show yourself strong through your word, Lord, through your message, Father. Allow it to resonate with the people and allow it to penetrate hearts and minds, Lord, that they may live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, if you have your Bibles, I just ask that you turn to uh, the 20th chapter of Numbers. Numbers, 20th chapter. This is the last lesson of the quarter. We're going to read verses 1 through 13. And I'll read that from the uh, NSAB version. Numbers 20. Verses 1 through 30, 13, sorry. Then the sons of Israel, the whole congregation, came to the wilderness of Zin in the first month, and the people stayed at Kadesh. Now Miriam died there and was buried there. There was no water for the congregation, and they assembled themselves against Moses and Aaron. The people thus contented with Moses and spoke, saying, If only we had perished when our brothers perished before the Lord. Why then have you brought the Lord's assembly into this wilderness for us and our beasts to die here? Why have you made us come up from Egypt to bring us into this wretched place? It is not a place of grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, nor is there water to drink. Then Moses and Aaron came in from the presence of the assembly to the doorway of the tent of meeting and fell on their faces. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, take the rod and you and your brother Aaron assemble the congregation and speak to the rock before their eyes, that it may yield its water. You shall thus bring forth water for them out of the rock, 
and let the congregation and their beasts drink. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord, just as he had commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly before the rock. And he said to them, listen now, you rebels. Shall we bring forth water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod. And water came forth abundantly. And the congregation and their beasts drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you have not believed me to treat me as holy in the sight of the sons of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. Those were the waters of Meribah, which, or because, the sons of Israel contended with the Lord, and he proved himself holy among them. Maybe seated. First, before I start, I want to just ask the uh, congregation for their forgiveness. I, you know, I, I really did a number on that bird Thursday. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, uh, I showed no mercy. No mercy. Tom, you can officially call me big. <laughs> that was good stuff. And I hope you all enjoyed your Thanksgiving holiday as well. Amen. All right. We're getting down uh, to business. Oh, I want to also, once again, uh, send uh, our condolences as a church to, uh, to Mom Brenda. She lost uh, a brother during this time. Uh, please keep her. And your prayers, Donnell Reagan, am I right? Daryl, Daryl Reagan, thank you. Yeah, so remember the um, Lester family as well. Amen. Amen. So getting to the lesson at hand. You know, we now are at the 13th lesson of the quarter. So we've, we've, gone through just about all of these lessons. And my hope and prayer is that uh, we don't go through these lessons and not learn a lesson. Because these lessons are, 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 are written for a reason. God had allowed these, these stories to be printed in, picture, in, in, in scripture for, for our for our uh, uh, encouragement, right? To encourage us to, to some things to do and some things not to do. So my prayer is that we really, really uh, soak in these lessons. And I pray that you don't rely on your memory, but I pray that folks begin to bring notebooks and pens and they write down some things, or if you even, if you have your phones, I hope that you just jot down some notes so that you can recall, and it'll help you recall some things, because uh, if you're like me at all, you know, you got to go back over and rehearse some things, and you, you got to go back over and revisit some things again and again. 
So as part of our introduction, I uh, had the, I, I wrote down the, the intro paragraph of a book on logic that I, I read before. And the book I read was Being Logical. And uh, the opening paragraph goes like this. Every situation is unique. And we must be alert to its uniqueness. The phrase to pay attention is telling. It reminds us that attention costs something. Attention demands an active, energetic response to every situation, to the persons, places, and things that make up the situation. It is important to be truly, it is impossible to be truly attentive and passive at the same time. You hear that? It is impossible to be truly attentive and passive at the same time. Don't just look, see. Don't just hear, listen. Train yourself to focus on details. The little things are not to be ignored. For it is just the little things that lead us to the big things. Do you hear the wisdom in that? Do you hear the wisdom in that? Throughout this quarter, uh, these lessons may appear to be the same. But they are yet unique within their own right. God tells the nation of Israel over and over again. God tells the nation of Israel to do something. They rebel. Moses prays for them. And so, you know, so they won't be destroyed. And then God then delves out some consequence and then they go on. And it seems like it's, a, it's just this cycle that keeps going on. But each situation has a particular uniqueness or detail to it that we must pay attention to. We must pay attention to. All situations are not exactly the same. See, what often causes us to error is that we treat familiar situations like they are the same situation. That's what we do. We, we, we say, oh, yeah, I've been here before. Uh, this is something. This is something I've done before or, or experienced before. But no, each situation has its uniqueness that we must pay attention to. Amen? So, so to avoid mistakes, miscues, and traps and snares, we must pay attention to details. We have to pay attention to details. God is a God of variety, but he is also a God of details. He's a God of details. And little things mean a lot. And that's just not on a white cloud commercial, right? Little things mean a lot. 
right? So in today's lesson, coming from Numbers, the 20th chapter, verses 1 through 13, it's, it's set up in a what we call a historical narrative form, right? And it's, in other words, it's like, kind of like a story form. And our minds are built to, to, to listen to stories. Our minds like stories, how we think. Just basically, we, we love story forms. And, and when I read even more about how stories are formed, you know, some stories have like seven stages. Others have five stages. But I decided to use the three-stage story today, right? I'm just going to use the three-stage story today to bring out this story. And, and the three-stage story, I also decided to pair a, a, a punctuation mark with each, each stage. So for the introduction, for example, I'm going to use the punctuation mark, the period, right? Right? For the, for the conflict part of the, of the story, I decided to pair that up with a colon, I mean, semicolon and comma. Y'all keeping track of me now, because this, this is that nerdiness coming out of me, using this grammar stuff, right? And then the last one, I'm going to use the explanation, explanation point, Ex explanation point, thank you, to uh, bring out the conclusion. So, so if you, with those, you can follow along with me. So our present story today comes from the 20th chapter of Numbers, right? And we're going to use three parts, as I stated. But we got to set it up, as we always do, just with a little background. So I kept telling you all week after week after week that the folks were right at the border of the promised land. God told them to go in there and just go and possess it. They had to do a little work, though, right? They had to move some people out and rearrange and organize some things. But God told them to go in there and possess that promised land. But they said, eh, wait a minute, no. Lord, let's send spies. Allow us to send spies in there to check it out first. God could have told them, I already checked it out. I gave it to you. But God said, go ahead, send your spies. The spies come back. Ten of the twelve said, I wouldn't go in there. No way. No. Giants and everything else are in there. And remember the grapes that they brought back. Two men had to carry a, a, a patch of grapes. The grapes were so big. And, and, and they said, I wouldn't go in there. But two folks, two of those spies said, let's go in there and get them. Let's believe God and go in there and get them. The people said, no, no, no. And, and we said that it was a cycle of that over and over again to a point where God ends up punishing the whole nation. And the nation had to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years. Well, now in this 20th chapter, we see the end of that 40 years. It's coming to an end. It's coming to an end. And guess where the people are? The people are right back at that same spot. They're right back at that same spot. Here's another opportunity. They're right back at that same spot at Kadesh. And, and God is 
telling them, okay, we're getting ready to go. We're going to get ready to go in. And the introduction is interesting to this story because look what the first verse says. The first verse reads, Then the sons of Israel, the whole congregation, came to the wilderness of Zin in the first month, and the people stayed at Kadesh, right where they were about 40 years ago. They are right where they were at the south end of the promised land. And they were ready, getting ready to go in. But here's another interesting detail to make this one unique. This wasn't like the same uh, situation as before. Now, Miriam died there and was buried there. That, that's, a, that's an interesting Interesting detail, because see, what was stated in the Sunday school lesson is that they reminded us that Miriam was a leader, a songstress, a prophetess. And remember, as a young girl, she had shown great courage and love for her infant brother, Moses, right? Watching over him when their mother had placed him in a basket and set him adrift on the Nile River, right? And the writers went on to point out and go on to say that when Miriam saw that Pharaoh's daughter took a liking to Moses, she had the wit to go to Pharaoh's daughter and says, you know, that, 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 that baby's going to need somebody to nurse him. I got just the person to nurse him, Right? And so who ends up nursing Moses for like about two to three years? His mother, right? His mother. See, and Miriam had the wit to, to, to do that. So, but her death here provides a punctuation mark for us. And that punctuation mark is a period. It's a period, right? And, and the, the punctuation mark grammatically uh, that that states a period, that tells us what a period is, it's usually at the end of a sentence. It's at the end of a sentence, right? So, so the lesson uh, that we can learn from the period is two. One is that we get only one life to live. One life to live. And when it's done, it's done. So, so, but before we begin to ask ourselves the question, what will you be remembered for? Now, I, I don't want to jump there yet. Where I want to do, what I want to do right now is say, I want to encourage you to, to, to don't just go through life, but live life. More specifically, live it for the Lord. Don't just go through life, but live your life for the Lord. Amen? In, in order to, to, to live, right, in order to, to live, you, 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 you got to pay attention to things. You just can't live through life. A lot of us go through life, and we don't pay attention 
to things. It's just like the old commercial when the guy was up and he says, it's time to make the donuts. And he just gets up and, and without thinking, he's just, his body is just moving, doing what it usually do every day. But we got to stop, pause for a moment and just think about what we're doing, right? Because this is only one life that you have to live. And we got to live this life in the best way we can. And the best way to live life is with Jesus. It's to live it with Jesus. And the second thing this period tells us is that when it's all over, it's not over. Because, see, there is a sure judgment that will come. You will meet your maker. You will meet your maker and judgment will come. Now, now, some will be at a better judgment than others. Amen. Some will be at a uh, some will be at a judgment to get rewards. Others won't. Others won't. So, so the question is: is 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 where will you be? Which which throne will you be in front of? The throne that passes out. Rewards for the throne that passes out the consequence for a life that was lived without Christ. Which one? You only have one life. When this one is done, it's done. Amen? And this tells us that Miriam had a life, right? And of course her life was filled with some things that were ups and downs, right? Remember, she had rebelled against Moses, and, and God struck her with leprosy, if you recall that. I believe that was in the 12th chapters of Numbers, right? Where, where she was struck with leprosy, and, and Moses had to pray for her healing, right? But, but you got to also remember that in Numbers, the 14th chapter, and in the 30th verse, God says this, Surely you shall not come into the land in which I swore to settle you, except Caleb and Joshua. And what that meant, that included Miriam. So if you're a leader or whatever, right? If you're a prophetess, leader, or whatever, it's a... God is God, and judgment is judgment. And when he said that only Caleb and Joshua would make it into the land, guess who made it into the land? Just those two, right? God doesn't show favoritism. We all will stand before him one day. Amen? We will all stand before him one day. So once again, the question is, is, what are you doing with this one life you have? And since it's a sure thing that we will face a judge with a sure judgment, right? Will it be heaven or will it be hell? That's, that's the eternal implications right now. Will it be heaven or hell? But then there, we move into the the, the flow of the story, and they usually call this in a three-stage story, they call this the conflict or the confrontation, right? And this one is 
is filled with commas and semicolons, right? So, so from verse 2 to 5, the nation found themselves in a familiar situation, right? They weren't without water before, right? You remember before when we were reading these lessons, they, were in, they, they weren't without water before. They, they went without food. God provided all of those things, right? Here's a situation where they were without water. Someone did the calculation, and they said, coming out of uh, Egypt, more than likely the nation of Israel was probably close to 2 million strong, about 2 million people, right? And so when they get to this point of Zen, the wells had dried up. Some said maybe the, the demand of that many folks plus their cattle, right, maybe dried up the wells. Others say maybe it was a time and season in which the wells' waters were just low and just gone, right? So they were without water. And some even go to the extent of saying that to imagine how much water was needed for two point whatever million people, they, they said, let's compare it to the city of Chicago, whereas the city of Chicago has 2.7 million people. And they said throughout a day in Chicago, over 1 billion gallons of water is used. So imagine how much water was needed to sustain two point some odd million people. This, this was a massive demand. This was a huge demand. And these people wanted water. They wanted water, not only for themselves, but for their cattle as well, for their livestock as well. So they found themselves in a familiar situation, right? And again, the majority of the prior generation had died. You got to remember, they were traveling around for 40 years, and God said, I'm going to give those folks a sentence. They're going to die in the wilderness. And then when the new generation comes in, I'm going to allow them to go into the promised land. So at the end of this 40 years, just about everybody that was supposed to die off died off, right? Just a few of them were hanging on. Just a few were hanging on. And, and, and so we have a new generation in a familiar situation. Do they do something different? Do they, do they decide something different? Do they approach this problem differently? Unfortunately, the new generation didn't. They did just like the old generation. They started complaining. They started complaining. And then, and then some of them probably didn't even remember Egypt. But then they started comparing, oh, if we, just, if we could just go back to Egypt where we were slaves. It was so much better when we were slaves. It was so much better as if folks in Egypt treated them well. Right, with kindness. No, they weren't treated with kindness in Egypt, but yet that's what they, they wanted to go. They wanted to go where, where the resources were, so to speak. And so they started complaining against Moses, but ultimately they were complaining against God once again. 
They were complaining against God. New generations do not necessarily learn the lessons of their fathers and their mothers. Oh, we wish they would. We wish they would, right? We wish they would. I, I, you know, you, sometimes you approach your kids and say, see this knot on my head that life gave me? I don't want you to have this one. Please listen to how I got this knot so you won't have this knot. But, but, but new generations do not necessarily learn the lessons of their fathers or mothers. And either, either good or, or bad, right? You know, hey, if you do this, you'll have X amount of money in the bank. I'm telling you, I did it and I got X amount of money in the bank. This is a good experience. I'm telling you, you should do this either good or bad. Sometimes they just don't learn the lessons that their fathers and their mothers are trying to give to them, trying to pass down to them. Parents would love for their children to learn from their mistakes and not repeat them. But that's not always the case, right? And the Lord would love for us, the Lord would love for us to pay attention to these lessons, to pay attention to this, this, these scriptures that were left for us so that we would not make the same mistakes, right? In, in, in 1 Corinthians 10, 10 through 11, it says this, nor grumble as some of them did or were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, these things happened to them as an example, and they were written for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Do you hear what that scripture is saying? It's saying that these Old Testament stories were left for our instruction, for our example, so we won't be in situations where we make the same, the same decisions. And see, we, don't, we can't look at these people and say, why were they always complaining? They were always complaining. Week by week, C-Wright gets up here and says, they were complaining, 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 complaining. And in your life, you can see situations where you're always complaining, 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 complaining. And you're never making the connection. You're never making the connection. You read the scripture and you judge them, and you never make the connection that you are a complainer. Right? Because complaining comes so naturally to us. Before we say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for my car breaking down. No, we don't do that. Naturally, like, Lord, 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 why didn't you give me a car that, that won't do this? You know, Lord, I thank you for this, this piece of junk. But I wish you would have given me something better. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's, the, same, it's the same type of situations where the Lord says, don't make the mistakes. And, I'm, and I had them written down for you 
where you will not make these same mistakes. This familiar situation caused the new generation to say the same things the prior generation said. The very comments that brought about judgment before, they were making now. They allowed their circumstances, their current circumstances, to dictate their response. You hear that? They allowed their current, current circumstances to dictate their response, right? They made the same error as their fathers and mothers. And they used their current situation to confront God. See, the operative word is current. Current situation. Current situation. That's why, see, I used the comma and semicolon for this part of the story. Because, see, the comma tells us that it should be a, a, a small pause, right? And the semicolon says, hey, you know, the comma says a small pause. I'm asking you to do a greater pause, right? I'm asking you to do a greater pause. That's what the semicolon tells us, right? So, see, see, I'm connecting this to what the Sunday school lesson teaches. And this is what one of the Sunday school writers wrote. What they failed to realize was that Zen was not, that that wilderness of Zen was not a stopping place. It was, it was a stopping place. It was a stopping place, not a dwelling place. Do you hear that? The wilderness of Zen was a stopping, stopping, but not a dwelling. So, so in other words, God did not intend to leave them there. God did not intend to, it was not God's intentions to leave them there. See, trying moments are temporary, saints, right? Deserts. In desert moments in your life, they're only temporary experiences, right? And, and, and dry moments in your life where there are valley lows, they are only temporary moments. They are pauses, right? And some pauses are, are, are shorter than others, but they are simply moments of pause, right? Because they are learning opportunities, and God's got to teach you something right here. But our mistake is that we don't approach it as if it's temporary. We approach it as if it's permanent. And God does not intend to leave us in those dry, low places. He does not intend us intend to leave us in those dry, low, lonely places. They are just moments of pause. And we just need to pause for a moment and just check out the situation because, see, it, it, it costs something to pay attention, right? And we need to pay attention. And we, when we're in those moments, we say, okay, what do I need to learn here, Lord? What do I need to learn here, Father? You, you have me in this desert. You have me in this moment for a reason. What do I need to learn here? Let me stop and, and, and pay attention. And let me see what's going on. 
Because, see, most of us are so busy crying that we can't see the solution right in front of us because the tears are just flowing down and we got our heads so low and the answer is right there, but we just won't lift up our heads to the hills from which cometh our help. And it's coming from the Lord. We just say, woe is me. Woe is me. And I wish somebody would come and just cry with me. When the Lord has given us this moment to learn something, to learn something, these, this, these, these, these moments are, are, are just simply commas and, and, and semicolons. Don't treat them as if they are a, a period and that's it. No, God is saying, here is a moment in which I need to, to, to teach you something. Right? I need to teach you something. Amen? It was also a, a moment in which Moses needed to pause. Right? <clears throat> because when we read the story, we see that Moses got hype. Moses, last week, he showed some anger. This week, he actually paused and prayed, and he got up angry. Have you ever done that? Have you got on your knees, and, and you're praying for something, and you get back up with the same attitude? Yeah, I haven't done that before, have you? And here's Moses, and Moses was like, can't believe that they did that. And he went down with that same madness. Lord, help him. And he got back up with that same madness. See, see, he prayed for him and got back up with the same attitude. And, 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 and it, he needed a moment to just pause. He needed a moment to just think about it and just say, okay, whoa. But he said, no. God said, God said, I want you to speak to the rock, right? God said, I want you to speak to the rock, and the rock will bring forth his water, right? Moses did not speak to the rock. He spoke to the people. So he said, gather around, people, just like God told him to, gather around. I'm not going to speak to that rock. You rebels! Right? He said, you rebels! And he told those people about themselves. That wasn't in the script. God didn't tell him to do that. He just went solo. Right? But, but then an, another interesting thing, he said, Shall we bring forth water from the rock for you rebels? Shall we bring forth water? See, all of a sudden now, that statement takes focus off of God and puts it on, on him, right? So all of a sudden, he's making a series of mistakes here because he didn't just pause for a moment. He didn't pause for a moment and, and, and they just got to him 
this time. You know, I think they, and, and, and I'm not trying to say I'm better than Moses. I think they would have been got on my nerves. <laughs> so uh, Moses did a great job from my view, right? But, but here he, 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 he didn't pause, right? And then God told him to speak to the rock. He got that rod, and he didn't hit it just once. He hit it twice, right? And he hit it twice. He just went rogue, right? Water still spewed from the rock like God, God just allowed it to. He was gracious and merciful enough to allow and supply water that was needed by the people and their animals, right? He didn't allow Moses' uh, rogue behavior to, 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 to like block a blessing. He still allowed the water to flow. People needed the water. Amen? But yet Moses made a series of mistakes because he just did not pause. He didn't use a comma or a semicolon at this time. He just went. He was like a run-on sentence, right? Just went, right? And God ended up having to deal with that. He ended up having to deal with that. And it's something about, <laughs> it's something about our anger, James says. James says, when we, the, the, the anger of man doesn't bring about righteousness, right? What, what, it, what it does is it brings out stuff like, like vengeance is mine. <laughs> I will repay, not God, but I, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you, right? And, and it's like it, it brings back, I'm going to get even. Right. I'm, I'm going to James Brown you right now. The big payback. Right. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. That's what our anger does. Right. But God says vengeance is not yours. It's mine. I will repay. Right. And, and it goes on like this. See, see, it, it, these moments that we these, we, these temporary moments that we treat as permanent moments, it, it messes us up. Because remember what the psalmist stated in the 30th Psalm, verse 5. It says that, for his anger is but for a moment, right? His favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may endure for a night, but... Joy comes in the morning time. These situations are temporary. So pause for a moment and try to understand the lesson that you need to learn out of them so that you can move on. So that you can move on. Amen. And then the last portion of, of, of a story is the resolution, right? How it resolves. And this story had to resolve. And it, re it resolved with a with a bang, right? Right? It was an exclamation point, right? And, and, and this, this was like 
you know, that, 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 that punctuation mark, it says, hey, this is going to be with some emphasis here. It's going to be with some emphasis. And God was not telling Moses to do like he did before, because remember in uh, Raphidim, Moses, God told Moses to strike the rock, if you recall, in an earlier lesson. He told Moses to strike the rock, right, with the rod. But this time around, God said, don't do it. God said, just speak to it, because I need for this new generation to see that I'm the same God. <laughs> I need for this new generation to see that I'm the same God, and I can deliver them. I will deliver them. I will deliver them out. Not you, Moses. I will deliver them. I'm not going to share my glory with no one. I need to show them that I will deliver them. Amen? And it's interesting because Raphidim means place of testing. And, and then this, where they were now, meant place of complaining. <laughs> this is where they complained and, and, and contended with God. They argued with God. And it's interesting when you are busy arguing with God, uh, uh, you're not busy being blessed. You're not in a situation where you are being blessed, right? You're just spinning your wheels. Goes on to say here that Moses just messed up one time. Why God was so hard? I mean, the people repeatedly did stuff, and Moses was doing the right thing. He kept going on his knees, and he was praying for people. Then all of a sudden, he gets fed up with them one time. One time. Had a bad day. And God is going to say, now you can't go into the promised land because of one bad day. Because of one bad day. Now, all of a sudden, you, you know, he can't go into the promised land. He and Aaron, they done, they done missed out because he just messed up one time. That's all. That's it. I mean, God couldn't have just said like, like he did all the other ones, you know, like, you know, I, you know, I forgive you this time, Moses. But now, you know, I'm going to take your rod away. Instead of taking the promised land away, couldn't he just giving him a, a, a smaller consequence? Right? But, but Luke, remember Luke, the 12th chapter, in verse 48, it tells us something very important here. Luke 12 and 48 says, but the one who did not know it and committed deeds worthy of flogging will, re will receive but few. Right? punishment will be less from everyone who has been given much much will be required and to whom they entrusted much of him they will ask all the more to whom much is given much is required 
And, and you may say, you know, where's the sense of fairness here? I mean, but God gave you so much more understanding. And guess what he's going to do? He's going to hold you so much more accountable. See, the thing is, is that as we, we think we're just coming to church every Sunday, and that's it. I, I beg you all to pay attention to details. Because each Sunday that you come, and if we faithfully preach this word, then that means that you're exposed to some truth that others are not exposed to. You are exposed to things that others are not exposed to. So on judgment day, those who weren't exposed can say, Lord, I, 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 I didn't know. No, I did, I didn't know. But you are up there and you will say, Lesson one, lesson two, lesson three, lesson four, lesson five. You remember all them stories that they were telling up there each week? And you were there listening and you were listening. Wait a minute, were you listening? And, and, and if you didn't listen, at least you chimed in on something. Because I was going to make sure that you chimed in. You are going to leave with something. Because see... That was a situation that I'm going to hold you accountable for. What will you do with this truth? Now that you've been exposed to scripture and you've been exposed to truth, now what will you do? Now the ball is in your court. See, this is what's interesting about coming up here and speaking before you all. See, I come in and I have the ball. And then this is what I do. And now I say to you all, what will you do with the message? Will you, will you act as if, you know, hey, I know, I know that period is coming and I know this life is going to be over, but I'm going to live it up for me. I, I am going to do me. And, and, and when I'm gone, they're going to say that, boy, did that brother or that sister know how to live. Woo! I mean, he got the most out of life. I wonder where he is now. Right? See, are you going to, you know, are you going to, like, <laughs> have that period written down? Because, see, God is the only one that knows when that period will be a period. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You can be young, full of energy right now, but when God says that's it, that's it. What are you going to do? Or will you allow these situations, all these ups and downs that you're going through, will you begin to treat them as if they are permanent dwelling places? instead of small stops along the way for you to learn something. 
Will you, will you treat these valley lows as if, hey, the Lord has me here for a reason. I need to learn something right now because I know a greater day is coming. Weeping may endure for the night, but I know joy is coming in the morning. Right? I mean, I mean are you living like this is your home? Are you, trying to, are you busy trying to make this place your home? I mean, are you a pilgrim or not? Are you just passing through or not? Is this your home? That's why you're taking so much time making sure it's tight. Because this is your home. If this is your home, then guess what? This is the closest you'll get to heaven. Heaven is, I got heaven in my view. I have heaven in my view. And I know this is not my permanent stopping place. This is not my permanent dwelling. Or, 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 and when that exclamation point comes, and then all of a sudden the hammer is like, the gobble is down. Judgment has been passed. Where will you go? Where will you go? Isaiah said, when the whole earth shakes. Where will you run? Because God is going to come and the whole earth will shake. If you ever experienced an earthquake, most people say they just, <laughs> ain't no, every place is shaking. <laughs> Everywhere is like, I mean, I, I would run under this table, but it was there, now it's there. I mean, it's, there's no place to hide and no place to run. And then all of a sudden, the whole earth melts away and you're suspended. You're suspended. <laughs> and you're going to be before an almighty God. What will you say? More importantly, what will he say? I beg you all not to ignore these lessons. Get into them. Learn what they are trying to teach. And, and, I, and I, I, I beg you all once again to, to try Christ. The, the, the question with eternal implications, it's what will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Christ? Choose ye this day who you will serve. Don't let this moment pass you by. Don't let it pass you by. Hell is real. I don't care what they're saying out there. There's a God, and he is just. He lo he's loving, but he's also just. Right is right, and wrong is wrong. He is the determiner. Not you. You can't say, oh, I should have done enough to make it in. No. He is the determiner. Choose ye this day who you will serve. And I pray that you will take the opportunity to come up and talk to one of these ministers that will be here available for you after dismissal. And if you're on Zoom, I pray that you will contact us if you have any question in regards to how to to secure your relationship with Christ. Don't let this moment pass you by.
Don't let this moment pass you by. Serve Christ. Amen.